Welcome to episode 74 of the Fantasy Alarm Baseball Podcast. Back after a, a tough week off there, my, my co-partner here on the podcast was busy rebuilding the site that hopefully you were enjoying with the Fantasy Alarm 4.0. So Matt, besides getting zero sleep last week, how are you? Uh, I'm doing I'm doing all right. I've had a chance to catch up a little bit on sleep this week, but uh, yeah, it was a it was a bit of a grind for the last couple of weeks. So we apologize for the break uh, that we took. Um, it it wasn't because we didn't want to. It was because schedules just didn't align. And uh, you've seen now the uh, the the pro- the byproduct of the break that we took, the brand new sites. So hopefully you're enjoying those um, and the brand new chat channel that we have, the Discord. So. Um, yeah, with that, let's go ahead and uh, talk some recent happenings here in baseball. Well, there's plenty to talk about, but we can't ignore the, the leading topic, which is pretty much everywhere when you open up Twitter or social media and things of that nature. Uh, the, the recent uh, scandal with substances, you know, Eno Saris wrote the article a couple weeks ago. More things keeps bubbling to the surface. Sports Illustrated put out that skating article. Um, you know, uh, I don't know where you are on the old school, new school, anything else, but people have been cheating since the fifties, forties, probably even before that, you know, it's just a matter of, uh, high def TV and really focusing in on people. You know, I, I saw the tweet with Karinchak going in between his, the fingers on his glove and all of a sudden the ball moved a little different after that. I mean, but I, I I'm not here to call names just like Josh Donaldson, but, um, this this is becoming akin to the the steroid scandal, which oddly enough we bring back Tony Larusa, and now we got a big problem in baseball. But <laughs> we'll we'll leave that one alone as well. Um, where are you right now, trying to evaluate all of this sticky finger situation? So I do feel like it's akin to the steroid um, era in the in the fact that it's questioning what we know about these guys, right? Do we know that Garrett Cole is really that good? Do we know that some of these middle, you know, mid rotation starters are really that good? Because if they were that good, why weren't they higher up on the prospects uh, lists and stuff? Not that they're always correct. Obviously Mike Trout got drafted like 29th overall of the year that he was (laughs) in the draft. So clearly other teams missed. Um, but, you know, it, it just makes you question, what are you actually seeing? And I think um, I think it's a little apropos. You all can't see it, but I am actually wearing a Pitching Ninja shirt today. Um, I think not blaming Pitching Ninja at all, but I think his focus on the instant, hey, look at how nasty this pitch is, has mm-hmm. kind of brought some spotlight to it because these baseballs are moving like wiffle balls. Um, so clearly something's going on. I don't think it's quite as serious as the steroid era. Um, because let's put it this way, there was, there have been several dead ball eras in baseball, right? Everybody talks about like pre-1920 as the dead ball era and whatever. And then we had the year of the pitcher in 1968 and really 1969 might've actually been slightly better than 1968, but you've had some of these eras where it seems to swing back and forth. The reason the steroid era was worse is because it took guys that were hitting five home runs and turned them into 35 home run hitters. Right. This one is taking guys that were posting three OERAs and lowering them to two, four, two, five ERAs and higher strikeouts, which coincides with, you know, changes in swing plane. So I I don't know. I feel bad for Garrett Cole 
not knowing how to say yes to something. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I mean, that, does it change your opinion on what you're seeing? This is a this is a tough one because with my focus on closers, I, I pay attention to spin rates and things of that nature. Right. Um, uh, now we might see guys starting to use different pitches. Uh, th th there's so many things going around. My bigger issue is actually with the statements that came out by Pete Alonso when yes. he when he said players know that they change baseballs based on the free agent class and. That, you know, that really made me think and reflect on what he said. And then it made sense because the, the year there was a bunch of pitchers coming on to the free agent market. They had the baseballs jumping all, all over the all over the fences. The balls were juiced. And then right. um, and then the next year, you know, I mean, we had the shortened season, whatever. But uh, now we've got a boatload of slanted to pitching. Hitters. So. Right, and now this year, correct, there's like, premium hitters that will be landing on the market, so we have balls that are yeah. leaving with higher exit velocities but not traveling the same distances. So you can say it was a miscalculation, but at this point, the analytics are so strong. You start to think the league does know what it's doing, and if it's this is the same league that's willing to cut levels of the minor leagues to save about a million dollars a franchise. Yeah, and still doesn't pay minor league. I mean, there was the article yesterday I was reading where guys on the on a, on a minor league team lose money on home games because they don't get a food stipend. Um, right. And the, the, this this and stuff's nuts. The A's were tweeting out the A's minor leaguers were tweeting out the post game meal is like a, a crappy looking salad one night and like grilled cheese the next night. I'm like, these, yeah. these are professional athletes, not like sixth graders. Like, right, this isn't stuff I would feed my son. So, uh, well, not the salad, but the you know, yeah, grilled my, cheese, my first grilled cheese daughter, isn't a post game meal. Yeah, my my daughter came back from summer school yesterday with a salad that looked better than what the A's were serving <laughs> to their their minor leaguers. So, I don't I don't know that I disagree with what Pete Alonso was saying. I mean, I mean, does Manfred this gonna, clearly is, knows how to manipulate things. Is, is this something where now every year we have to look at who the, the free agent class is and then, then we use that to predict if we should be getting hitters or pitchers early? I mean, I mean is it that simple? I mean, we, I mean, we pull our hair out every year trying to figure out and make the, make the most of these numbers, and we use three-year stats, and I do that all the time, and you're trying to predict these things, but you can't predict what baseball is going to do with the baseball unless it really is tied to the free agent market. Right. I mean, to, to be specific, if you look at like the top six shortstops in baseball, I think five of them are up as free agents this year. Right. Like Corey Seager, I believe, is a free agent. Correa is a free agent. Story. Um, Story's a free agent. I think Turner has another year before he becomes a free agent. Obviously, Lindor would have become a free agent had he not signed the deal. Um, so there are some seriously big name free agents just at shortstop, let alone outfielders that are up and let alone you know other positions so i don't know that i disagree with with what pete alonzo said um so and we got to take another another thing here because everyone knows how much we love jared kelnick uh but he struggled mightily upon his promotion i'm not sure they gave him enough time but this might have been something for his mental health getting him back down and letting him recalibrate before he comes up but 
can we trust any prospects coming up this year? I mean, did we totally discount no minor league season last year uh, in, in regards to development and things of that nature and being ready? I mean, to be frank, I just told somebody yesterday in the Fantasy Alarm Discord channel, they asked, you know, who am I dropping when Wander comes up? I said, you're going to wait and see what Wander does before you drop anybody. Because who's to say that just because he's smoking AAA baseballs doesn't mean he's not going to struggle against... I mean, look at what's happening in Major League Baseball right now with the sticky tack and the, the spider tack or whatever the heck you want to call it. Spider right? tack. Spider yeah, spider tack, tack sticky spider stuff, tack. whatever's being sold by the Angels... Uh, bullpen coaches or whoever the hell is doing it out in L.A. or or Houston. Um, you know, I, you got to wait on these guys, right? Like, I think Kalenic, part of it was they brought him up because of the stuff that their former general manager said or team president, whatever he was, uh, yes. prior to the season. And they, they wanted had- to avoid the, uh, you know, the suit that, Kalenic was going to bring against them for service time manipulation. And so they said, okay, you're smoking it this week. Let's go ahead and bring you up and show you what the real boys can do. Um, And yeah, he had a home run in his first at bat, right? And since then, he absolutely could not find where the baseball was coming towards home plate. Um, Yeah, so I think we got to wait a little bit on these guys. Yes, the Royals pitchers have not. I mean, Kovar didn't even make it out of the first inning. In his debut, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I watched that. It did not. It did not look great. Um, and even Wander Franco, everybody goes, "Oh, he's going to be a can't miss guy." Okay, sure. But even Mike Trout came up, got smoked, went back down, and then came up, and then became the Mike Trout we all know. So I think you got to wait. I don't Bregman know that this struggled. Is Bregman, I mean, Bregman struggled his his initial call up. Mm-hmm. It took Korea. Korea started hot and then struggled mightily in the middle of it. So, you know, there's there's many examples in the past of all of this. I mean, what Juan Soto and, and Randy Rosarena have done is highly unlikely to be done. Right? Like uh, I now can I ask one thing here? Is yes. it is it easier for an international guy to do this? Or does that well, not make any sense at all? I don't know that it, like, to me, I don't, because the normal thought process with an international guy is they haven't seen the quality of pitching internationally that we have stateside. And generally, that's true. Right. If they're coming here at 17, then they've worked their way up and whatever. Right. But Soto came up from, like, he had seven games in double A. Right. And he was only called up because they had to because of injuries. Robles was, Robles was, cover was bare. Right. And it turns out that we might have one of the greatest hitters of, I mean, it's still very early, but the guy's skill in the batter's box is basically undeniable. And And at least he's turning around. Thank God. My two teams with him on it need it desperately. Yeah. He started to hit home runs again. Now he's up to what? Eight on the season, I think. Um, And what Arotas Arena did last year in the shortened season, then in the world series. And now to start this year for the most part, is unusual it just is like you know but we put so much time in researching these young guys and everybody goes oh once they come up they're set no everybody wants to be the one i go oh i had them when it happened yeah i mean that's 
that's true. And you've heard me say, yeah, I've been talking about this guy for, you know, and if you want a name to stash right now, that's starting to get fire that I've been talking about for a little while, it's Daniel Espino starting pitcher for the Indians. Um, when he was drafted, I comped him to Pedro Martinez. Okay. Um, not saying he's going to be Pedro, but like he's slight of frame. He has nasty stuff. His stuff moves like Pedro's does, um, or did, um, but, you know, these guys are usually... The, usually the better guys to pay attention to are the slow burners. Not the guys who are the flash in the pan and then shoot off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, my, my man, Witt Jr., I think we need to get him to Triple A soon. Uh, he's not ready for the majors yet, but he needs to be up in Triple A, so at least he's closer to that opportunity. Yeah, but he struggled. I mean, he did struggle at Double He did struggle, but it, the last... The last two weeks to a month he's been hitting so uh we'll see. you can you can wait another week or two and then put him to triple a but i think that's getting closer rather than later away hey listen if uh, he makes it to triple a i don't have a problem because i can drive 45 minutes and go watch him play so well, that's that's not fair because <laughs> <laughs> royals triple a affiliates in omaha which is 45 minutes down the street well i, I understand that so. now now here's my question of the because you know, not that many people have five left anymore because the litany of injury issues. And if you're chasing the the closer du jour in like Toronto or somewhere else, you've been burning through expenditures and fob. Um, Will there be a fob of Palooza this year? And if there is, yeah, I don't like I've been like, I've been, I've literally been asked this question about six times this week. Um, like, is there any prospect coming up that you see that would make a fantasy impact at this point? I don't really know that I do. Like, if Wander Franco comes up and he gets the playing time we expect him to to get, assuming he takes over Taylor Walls' spot. But they're, I would say, yeah, they have to do a trade or give up on Walls. Right, they'd have to give up on Walls. They Tampa don't have to right now. Rush. Yeah, what, what's the rush? He's no giving them defense. They don't care. Right, and nobody's challenging them really in that division right now. I mean, you know, so they're going to let Franco continue. Yes, has he been hot in AAA? Sure. Okay, so was Kalenic. All right. What about, what about Bruhan too? Yeah, Bruhan was the flavor of the week, and he's still learning the outfield. They want him to be able to play the outfield to have more flexibility there and not just be stuck at second base, and then that means that Brandon Lau and all of his strikeouts get taken out, whatever. They want Bruhan to get some flexibility, so he's still learning the outfield. Okay. Mackenzie Gore's been lit up at AAA this year. I don't know if anybody's been paying attention, but like a week ago he had a 7-something ERA at AAA. Um he is in the PCL, but still, that's not. Good. Yeah, that's unusually high for the PCL. Um, so, you know, I don't know that the Padres really need him at this point, right? If they were going to bring him up, it was going to be like a month ago. They can kind of piece it together right now. So, I don't see any huge prospects coming up at this point this season, really. All right. Well. We'll, we'll see. It's going to be... I mean, uh, September, sure. Anything can happen in September because, remember, last year, September service time counted towards their actual service yeah. time and whatever. Now it's back to the regular rules, and September doesn't count as service time. So you could see your normal September calls, but the roster only goes up from 26 to 28. Right, yeah. That's you're only be, getting uh, two dudes. You're not getting the normal 14. Guys, you would or fifteen guys you would get right. So I would think most teams at this point, at that, if you're contending at that point, you're probably bringing up pitching. 
Right, you're going to bring up a reliever or some fifth starter who can spot start for you. Um, you know, like for the Nats, that could be where you see Cade Cavalli come up, potentially, if they're still contending. If not, there's no reason to bring him up. Um, you know, but I don't see, like, the O's and the Mets have... I say a, the Orioles have, are not going to bring up Rutschman. He can hit 800 and double A. They're not bringing him up. Right, they're not going to bring up Rutschman. They're not bringing up Grayson Rodriguez. They're not bringing up D.L. Hall. Like, they want all those guys to to stick together and be their core so they know how each other plays and everything when they bring them up. It, well, at least that I understand, especially in a rebuild. That, that totally... Also, Houston did the same thing, and their the Orioles GM was the assistant GM in Houston when Houston went through the rebuild, getting Springer and Bregman and... Um, Altuve and Correa, and they all brought those guys up in roughly the same, you know, within a year or so of each other, right? So they're kind of taking the same model and approach there. Mm-hmm. All right, um, injuries. There's always there's always friggin' injuries. Mm-hmm. Keep it clean here for the fantasy alarm family, but uh, I'll be putting money in the swear jar. So it started the other day when I made the original. Uh, listing here what can people do like if you're you're in a redraft with only three injury list spots can you keep holding on to carlos carrasco or is it time to 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 use that in a more wise fashion i'd let him go at this point um i mean i know that the stuff is impressive when he's healthy but like this is a this has been a lingering thing and i don't know that there's necessarily been a time frame set that I've really seen like a definitive time frame. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be more injuries pop up. So you may as well clear that spot out and move another guy to the IL and then go pick up a bench spot guy that could actually help you. Yeah. It's, it's getting tough, especially when you have limited uh, roster space and I've already, I'm in a 14 team head to head with three players on the, I can only have a max of three on the injured list. And now I lost, TJ Antone today. Oh. So um, I'm hoping one of the other guys gets back soon. I haven't been able to find information on uh, Nico Herner. Um, or if I had to, I would just drop Austin Nola because I really don't need him. But the only nice thing is that in his head-to-head league, it's on Yahoo. So Nola can be used at catcher first and second. So some mm. days when I need a fill-in, I can flip him in there. But um, I, I was able to pick up James McCann. Somebody put him on waivers, and I got him right before. Right before he had his home. Right before the trip to Arizona, so that turned out well. Um, yeah. But you know, it, it's but that league there's there's a fifty move cap, and I'm already at twenty four. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're not even halfway to June, so um, I need people to start stabilizing and staying in the lineup. But we'll 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 do what we'll do what we can. Luckily. Knock on wood, I, but my big loss was Flaherty in that league. That hurt. Yeah, and a 14-team had to header. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I picked up Scooball to fill in for him, but I feel like the I really like what Scooball's been doing, but then he's facing the White Sox again, and they usually kill lefties, and he racked up 11 strikeouts last time, so I'm hoping not too much uh, regression happens tonight, but uh, I'll, be, I'll be saying a prayer before he takes the mound. Um, all right. So Ian Kennedy landed on the injured list. We have no idea 
who's going to close a game in Texas. Maybe yeah, Josh Sabors. The the report I saw was that they're doing closer by matchup essentially in his yeah. absence. So well, they the listed is, about five different dudes. Well, yeah, uh, but Joely Rodriguez has been terrible lately. Yes. So um, maybe Sabors. I mean, Spencer Penn, as strange as it sounds, back from Japan, didn't look bad when I watched him pitch the other day. I mean, the stuff looked okay. I just don't know if it'll play in a game of higher yeah. leverage. Now, the benefit here with Kennedy is that they retroactivated him to June 6th instead of the yeah. 10th, right? So, so it won't, be, it won't be the death nail, yeah. And they they described it as a mild one, which makes which is making people think that he might be back when he's first eligible, which is next Wednesday, the 16th, right? So that, right? That's, that's why I, I didn't add anybody on the Rangers anywhere just because right. it was so too short. You're really time. only talking about like three, four games if he comes back when eligible, and he's certainly going to get that job back. Um because yeah. I mean he's had a two five three ERA, twelve saves already, so um, pretty nice wanna, strike to walk ratio too. Yeah, I want to cycle back to the Antone thing because um, here here's a fun little nugget: the the Reds bullpen without uh, TJ Antone has a cumulative six point five six ERA and a negative one point two F WAR. None of that is good. Um, Lucas Sims. Okay, here's another fun fact. <laughs> Lucas Wait, Sims. Wait, was the first one supposed to be fun? Yeah. <laughs> Lucas Sims, when the bases are empty, has a 198 uh, Woba against. Uh, when men are on base, uh, things get ugly. So, so he's fine if out they of the bring it, if they, if, they, if, they, if they try and use him in the Antone role of coming in in the highest leverage situation like they did yesterday, it's not going to go well for Lucas Sims. Lucas Sims pitches well when he comes in with no one on base and it's a clean slate when he comes in and it's and it's you know staying with our sticky theme when it's a messy situation on the bases it's it doesn't go well for lucas so um if you you added sims keep that in mind hope they keep him in the ninth inning and hope he enters with nobody on base so if he enters and gets to use his wind up he's better but pitching out of the stretch is not good for sims Apparently, I haven't had time to break that down fully, but in my coffee and closures today, I did include the stats, uh, the two different situational uh, things I could grab from fan graphs about it. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's not pretty. And the rest of that bullpen hasn't been pretty all year. Uh, there's a there's a very good chance Heath Henry could get a save or two uh, in the next few games if they keep using Sims in the sixth inning like they did yesterday which should just scare the heck out of anybody. He's actually been okay this year, but we all know what Heath Henry did uh, in high leverage for the Red Sox in, in the past. So that, Yeah, that's, not good. Although as a Yankees fan, it was perfectly fine. Oh yeah, it's risky business. Um, <laughs> speaking of the Reds, Sonny Gray's on the, on the, on the injured list with a groin issue. Um, Vladimir Gutierrez, is he worth taking a look at in uh, teams – is he 12-team fringe, or is this a 15-team or 14-team in higher format, only uh, spot start kind of guy? He hasn't I, looked bad. I would say 12-team fringe. Okay. For me, he hasn't looked bad. The Reds' offense is certainly capable of putting up a run, so as long as he can go five, he's got a shot for a win. Um, I don't know that you're going to get six out of him for a quality start. Um, but he's been he's been – Pretty good. I haven't necessarily studied his home road splits um, because I know that pitching at 
um, Great American Bandbox Park um, yeah. can oh, be a yeah. problem for yeah. people. Even, like, even with the baseball this year, that park's still playing the same. Yeah. Um, by the way, speaking of home road splits, just as a nugget I saw yesterday writing the uh, pitching coach, Chichi Gonzalez, if he's pitching at Coors, is like been, been lights better, out. Right? He's, he's got a sub two ERA at Coors <laughs> and an almost six ERA before he got lit up by the Marlins yesterday on the road. I, It's astonishing, but that guy, you can start him in Coors, but don't start him out of Coors, which is just completely backwards for a Rocky starter. But yeah, uh, Gutierrez is worth it. I mean, if you're desperate for pitching, Gutierrez is, is, is worth a flyer, depending on who you're dropping. Yeah. Um, some some good news on the injury front. It's trending towards uh, Byron Buxton should be returning possibly as soon as this weekend. Uh, Aaron Boone said Luke Voigt could be back as soon as this Sunday or Tuesday. Uh, there was one other one I saw that might be coming off. Uh, luckily, oh, Alejandro Kirk is already hitting, but he cannot be activated because of the 60-day DL designation. Uh, until uh, three more weeks. So bad news for me in the one place I, I, I kept them in towel because they have unlimited right. uh, bench sp- or unlimited IL spots, which is uh, right now in tout. I have what Corey Seeger, Cindergard, uh, Loriano. It's all right. The list is too long for me to go through. There, I think I have seven different people on the injury list, and I was excited to get Gonsolin back. And he couldn't throw strikes, but hopefully that'll kill around yeah, in the shape way, in the next outing or two. On, got the luckiest under in the history of the world on prize picks the other night with Gonsolin. Picked under four and a half strikeouts. Uh, and he put up four. In what, he had four in, in 1.2 innings. Yeah. Five and walks. Then, and then he walked the bases loaded in the second inning. And they came out, did a, uh, he walked two guys. Then came out and did a mound visit, then walked the third guy, then did another mound visit. So they automatically had to take him out. And I'm like, yes, got the luckiest under in the history of the world <laughs> on that one. But then we we had to um, repay it with um, I'm on my phone. Somebody else got taken out too early. Like we played the over on somebody else yesterday and it karma bit us on that one. So, <laughs> All right. So. We've already spoken about the volatility of prospects and things. Is this the year of the post-hype prospect then? Uh, it may just be because um, we've got some very interesting guys that are doing stuff um, that I think people kind of forgot about, mainly Jake mm-hmm. Fraley, who yep. hey, I think yep. earlier this year I had written off on one of these podcasts, right? Um, <laughs> and now he comes back. I think well, he's still he, a number he, base. He last. never really got consistent playing time. Nobody in Seattle's gotten consistent playing time in the last month. And now part of it's his fault because of injuries, but. Right. But they also have a love affair with like 19 outfielders. So uh, you can only play three Seattle. I don't know if you know that, but that's the rules. Um, Unless one of them wants to take Kyle Seeger's spot in the order. Start playing third base. No, Jake Fraley has looked good. Um, Well, he can fill in at first base too, can he? Uh, I believe so, yes. He also stole another bag, I believe, on Thursday night, so I think he's got four. four yeah, he bases. stole one after I wrote this, yeah. So he's got two home runs and four stolen bases in his last nine games. Yeah. Um, 
Another guy on this team I think no one's talking about at all is J.P. Crawford's been actually hitting very well and moved into leadoff. Yeah, who saw that coming? Um, I'm well, sh- I, I, I spent too much for him last year in TGFPI, but luckily I got him for four freaking dollars this weekend in the NFBC because I, I had to replace Adalberto Mondesi again. Wonder if uh, the Phillies want him back now that they sent uh, Scott King. Now that they sent Scott King, are you back down? Oh man, what a mess that is! I really thought he was going to be good. This, this, well, this is a shame. And I know part of it kept the... him at one position, oh, but when yeah, you have to wow. bring six different gloves to the ballpark with you every day, and you don't know where you're hitting in the lineup, and you don't know where you're playing defense, and you're thinking about that, so you can't even think about pitch sequencing and what pitches am I going to see from this guy and what has he typically done to, you know, get people who hit like me out. It becomes a lot harder to hit. So I think what they need to do with Kingery is just play him in a position, carve out a niche for him at like, I don't know, second base mm-hmm. or wherever the hell you want to play. You want to make him an outfielder? Fine. Just play him in the outfield, take away all the versatility and stick him there. And then his yeah. bat will come back. I I would like to think so. That 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 be something that watches the season progresses. Uh, Miguel Andujar, uh, the the knock was never his bat. It was always no, his glove decent. at third base. But he's looking like at least a average left fielder. Certainly he, not. He made an interesting worse than Clint Frazier, right? He made an interesting catch the other night, but he made the catch. Yeah, I mean, can't get any worse than Clint Frazier. Well, he's hitting better than Frazier. Yeah, so I'd rather have Andahar's bat in there right now than Frazier. If you're, if it's, if it's one glove versus the other, I'll take Andahar. Yeah, so if he can stay healthy, that bat still has a lot of pop, which is, and actual, fairly good contact rates, uh, which the Yankees desperately need at this point. So uh, another guy I was too early on last year, Willie Adamas. Um, I hyped him up, but he couldn't hit in Tampa Bay. Now he no yeah. longer has to hit in Tampa Bay, and he's hitting everything. Is yeah, this that was just... the craziest home road splits I've ever seen for a hitter. Like at yeah. home, he was what below two hundred at Tampa Bay. Oh, it was, it was, it was an abomination. And you then just, on the road, you could he was not like use him <laughs> Like, yeah. So moving from Tampa Bay to to Milwaukee is definitely a benefit. They'll have him locked in at shortstop, which they've needed a locked in shortstop for a while now. Um, and uh, yeah, so that guy has definitely, definitely turned around. Uh, deep league people, uh, you know, especially if it's OBP, Daniel Vogelbach, uh, here I got sent back down. He's going to be on, he'll, he'll be at first base whenever there's a righty on the mound. So, that's always a positive, and I think the Brewers have a pretty nice schedule next week. That's something to think about, uh, as do uh, a couple of other teams when, when we're looking at those. you know, I, I'm starting to, with tout because I've had so many injuries in the outfield. I'm just starting to go week to week. Like this week, I loaded up on Giants. Uh, next week, there's a couple of teams I was already looking at. I'm just going to get cheap bids on guys in those lineups and, and hope it sticks until I get people back because that's all you can do in a – in some of these points leagues and other other formats. Uh, Tyler Stevenson, now Votto's back, so he's going to lose time at first base, but has he done enough to maybe get the majority share in that catching platoon? He's looked pretty good this year. Yeah, I hope so. As a guy who took Stevenson 
uh, in a couple of different leagues. Uh, I hope he's done enough to get that that catching share. Um, you know, the other yeah, guy he, certainly hasn't really been all that he impressive. Keeps, yeah, to say the other night he drove it another three runs. I mean, he's just been producing when he's in that lineup. Uh, talk to me about Steve Duggar because I picked him up just for this week. Is that something I'm going to just keep making that a fungible spot, or is he hitting well enough with a little bit of a uh, little bit of speed that he's worth keeping around? Since there's not a lot of speed on the waiver wire, we talked about the number one option, Fraley, right now. Is Duggar a below the radar speed guy? Yeah, because he plays in San Francisco. So everybody's below the radar there. Um, they just keep producing guys that nobody pays attention to in the farm system, and then they come up and they're quality baseball players. Right? They, that's, what, yeah. that, that, that's what they've done Like between Brandon Crawford, Brandon Bell. I'm not saying these guys are world beaters. I'm just saying oh, they're I've quality. got Crawford going until he's they're, my Corey Seager replacement. By the way, congrats to Brandon Crawford for now being the shortstop in Giants history with the most games played at shortstop. Yeah, he broke that that record this week with, what, 1,365 games played at short or something? Um, you know, they, they've just done this for, like, the aside from Buster Posey, there's not been a stud... Giants prospect in like 10 years, yet they just keep winning baseball games, right? They just keep producing these guys that play good baseball. Yeah, I, I had some Duggar's one shares. Of them. I wish I had more. Duggar's one of them. Now, they do have some some pretty intriguing prospects coming up in a couple oh, of they years. Do. With Marco Luciano, Luciano Ramos. Helio Ramos. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of pitching guys that are starting to get some notice. Um but, you know, and obviously there's still Joey Bart down there, and they drafted another catcher in the first round this year, I think, too. Yes. Um, if, if they're going to contend, though, they have to they have to shore up that bullpen. And they oh, just traded sure. away Whistler today. Yeah, but they brought up um, Long? Yeah, but he's going to be a bulk reliever. Yeah, but it shores up there. I mean, it, it, he's a rookie. They, need, they some- need leverage. Guys. Um, like I watched Rogers and McGee f- not do well, yeah, uh, against better competition the last and that couple speed, of days. I mean, the speed from Duggar is going to play in their home park, right? Because everybody laments how big San Francisco's park plays, but there's double alleys, there's mm-hmm. triples alleys. Oh no, he's been very good. I, I so you know what's funny is the week I got him in the TGFBI, I got outbid on uh, Oliveras, and I was bummed because Duggar was my backup, and then. My backup bid is I'll produce the guy that I wanted. Yeah, which is I mean, which is totally 2021. I don't know if they planted some magic beanstalks there in San Francisco or something, but like they just keep producing guys that. Again, Brandon Crawford is a is a solid shortstop. He's not going to light the world on fire in any particular category. Brandon Belt has been a solid first baseman for a while. Again, not a stud fantasy first baseman right he's not a freddie freeman but he's a but in in the giants only care about winning baseball games and they have they keep putting teams together that do that right they keep getting just enough out of guys to to just just win like how are they competing with the dodgers and the padres right now well i mean both both of those teams have had some uh Yes, they underperformed, but the fact that the Dodgers lost Bellinger and Seager 
and still have a top three pitching staff, like top three starters that are really good, yet they can't beat the the Giants that nobody can tell me anybody who's starting up for that team aside from Cueto tells you all yeah. you need to know about what they're getting out of. And it's got to just gripe the bejesus out of Phillies fans. Oh, of course it does. And that's, <laughs> you know, that's, that's another bullpen. And despite everything they did that it's, I read the article uh, from the athletic the other day. It was like, the Phillies need to fix the eighth inning. It's like they, they did all those things to address the bullpen, and the eighth inning is still a black Yeah, hole. that's always been a problem. Like, Alvarado Girardi can too. be good, but the other day he let in two runs. The two runs he let in were on a wild pitch and a pass ball. That, mm-hmm. that's, that's Jose Alvarado. Um, it's also all right, so, under Girardi. Yeah, I, I will just run through quick for people with closers. Uh, this weekend we're watching to see if it's actually Paul Fry or if he's in a timeshare with Cole Sulcer. Um, I've been pleasantly surprised and keep tabs on Tanner Scott because I have read that they might be showcasing uh, Fry for trades. And if that happens, Scott has been tremendous the last two weeks. Remember when we thought he was going to be the closer at the beginning of the season? It wouldn't it be funny if he takes over, say, the end of June into July and actually does well in the role. But it is what it is. Uh, the Indians, they keep they haven't had a save in a while. Uh, it, it looked like Clase, then Karinchak took over and then. Trinchak struggled. I still think it's going to be a share. It just depends on who gets the two-thirds, one-third role. Right now, still playing on Karinchak, but Clase has been gaining on him with swinging strikes lately. Uh, Detroit is matchup based. This weekend, they're playing the White Sox. So if Tim Anderson and those guys are leading off the ninth inning, it's going to be Jose Cisnero. If it's not those guys, then you could see Soto getting the saves. Kansas City is Royals roulette. Just spend your fob or money elsewhere. Scott Barlow remains the best pitcher in that bullpen. Uh, Hansel Robles is actually adding a slider usage this month, and it's looked better. He got the win last night when Chapman went nuclear. Um, the A's are still a shared situation based on matchups. Tre- uh, good news on Trevor Rosenthal. It looks like he could be back by mid-August, but that's way too early to stash unless you have unlimited spots. Seattle, stay away until they can get Graveman back. National League, quick rundown here. National League's a lot less muddled. Um, Daniel Barr has actually been pitching very well. The Atlanta bullpen had back-to-back blown saves, but that's as much on the manager as it is any pitching performance, as I highlighted in my coffee and closers column today. And Arizona hasn't won a game, and I don't know when, so it's hard to say if it's anybody, but I would still bank on uh, Joe Kim Saria getting the next save opportunity in that bullpen. The Reds we already touched upon, it should be be Sims if it's a clean ninth. It could be Heath Henry. There could be a Sean Doolittle ancillary save or whoever else they pull out of that bullpen given the situation and who's left in the cupboard. And that's about a wrap. And the Pirates should start trading relievers soon, but I don't know if they will. All right. That's a pretty that's a pretty good <laughs> talk about a reliever roulette there. One about as yeah. fast as a roulette wheel, but that was some quality information there, sir. Well, thank so. you. Yeah, I do this stuff every day, so that's not that hard. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, uh, I don't have okay. So, to... so NASCAR this weekend is an all-star thing. I already read, and I've heard other people say, do not play DFS this weekend because it's an absolute. Speaking of roulette, you're just throwing money in the air and hoping it sticks. Yeah. Well, you should read Dan Malin's truck playbook and xfinity series playbook because they have actual races at okay Texas so those are races those that's races. fine yes yes read um, read dan stuff on, on and that the podcast we actually good. spent 
we actually spent the majority of the time doing a breakdown of those two races on the podcast this week. The All-Star race for the Cup Series, they decided that it would be great if everybody needed an abacus and a, and a calculator to figure out starting spots throughout the 100-lap event. Um, so it's going to be a disaster for DFS. Uh, I will have a write-up. That's it. No projections, no rankings, no track <laughs> breakdown, because it's just... it's. Listen if if to the you're bored and you want to spend $5, do this. Yeah, listen to the pod. I explain why it's nuts, but, like, play. If you play, play very, very, very lightly because it's nuts. Um, but it will be back next week with an actual uh, full bore regular race. Uh, I believe it's Nashville that comes up next weekend. So we get a track we've never been to before. So that'll be fun. Nice. All right. Well, let's see. My streaks and hitter trends article published this morning. This is being recorded on Friday afternoon. Um, I'll be doing the DFS hitting coach as soon as this stops recording. Tomorrow, I think I have the pitching coach, but it's a 405 slate on Saturday this week. Uh, and then we'll be right back at everything. And if you missed it, I did the behind the breakout on uh, Trevor Rogers, who racked up the win last night against Colorado. And it's going to take an absolute collapse for him not to win the National League Rookie of the Year. Uh, yeah, I hammered that over on Price Picks. He was at six and a half Ks. Uh, I hammered that because the Rockies don't hit when they're outside of course. And even with Story back, that was still okay. So yes. Yeah. All right. Well, Matt, thanks again for everything and all the work you did behind the scenes on the site. If you haven't been there, make sure you check it out and all the other great stuff that's publishing. Make sure you use all three tabs. There is wager alarm, DFS alarm, and then the regular fantasy alarm that you've grown accustomed to and loved through all of these years. Um, so if you're looking for the DFS or the uh, prop information that Matt was just quoting, that's where you use the wager alarm or the DFS alarm uh, to access all of those articles. Those are all still within your uh, memberships if you were a member before the 4.0 launch so i think that covers everything matt stay well keep getting some rest and we'll be back at it next week until next time we are out